This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. This is Lindsay Roberts, and I want to welcome you to Entirely Unconventional. I love doing this podcast because I'm entirely unconventional. But you know what? The Word of God has a lot of unconventional, unexpected things in it for us to expect a miracle. So during this podcast, I want it to be encouraging, uplifting, and I really want it to be full of joy. I believe the joy of the Lord is our strength. So thanks for joining me. And let's talk about today. Let's talk about thinking outside the box. Now I talk about thinking inside the box and being very careful what we allow in our sphere of influence, in our thinking, in our doing, in our productivity. But now I want to talk about thinking outside the box. How can we think unconventionally outside the box? To me, that is a simple scripture. Very easy. Whatever you sow, you reap. Wait a minute. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. No, wait a minute. No, I really believe that there is a Bible way for us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. That's 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Prosperity is an interesting word there. It means successful journey on the road of life. And people say, are you part of that prosperity camp? Well, why wouldn't I want to be part of a successful journey on the road of life? Would I rather be on an unsuccessful journey or be part of the the negative camp that is just let's be failures? No, I believe the Bible is unconventional, but it is full of thinking outside the box for us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul, our mind, will, and emotions prosper. I believe God wants us to prosper. It's scriptural, Old Testament, New Testament. I delight in the prosperity of my children, God said. He said, I put all the gold and silver in the earth and commanded you to subdue it. God wants us to be blessed. Why? He said, I'll bless you so that you can be a blessing. So having said that, I love to talk about things that has to do with words. I love to talk about talk. I love to talk about words. Let's just say I love to talk. Okay, that's fair. They say women talk about 20,000 words per day. You know, some is more some of it's less, but approximately 20,000 words per day. In my loving to talk, I know that women spend, they say, it's been surveyed, that women spend about 20,000 words per day and men have about 5,000 words per day. Sometimes my husband Richard says, Lindsay talks 20,000 words per day with gusts up to 30,000. But the truth of the matter is I believe we have a lot to say and our words count for a lot. And I do believe that we have to actually, in a sense, calculate our words, talk about our words. Why? Because the Bible is very clear that out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. You know, we think something, we have these wonderful thoughts, but the Bible also says that we're to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not the natural way of doing things. The weapons of spiritual warfare are in a different way. They're kind of outside the box. And it's to bring down strongholds. Why? How? By taking every thought captive into the obedience of the word of God, into the obedience of Christ. So when we think about what power our words have, you know, we talk about the power of love. I love that. 
I love the love of God. You talk about the power of cheese. That's a very successful commercial. But what about the power of our words? The Bible is very clear. Out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it eat the fruit thereof. I believe we have powerful words. The Bible calls Jesus the word clothed in flesh. The Bible is what? The word. When we want God's answers, I believe we have to use God's words to get God's answers. But if we're sitting here begging God for his, his, his will and his word, but we're speaking things in contrary to his word, how do you expect a different outcome when you planted different seeds? You know, it's like if you want tomatoes, don't plant strawberry seeds. When you plant seeds of worry, doubt, fear, torment, and something comes harvested, why would you be surprised that's what's harvested? I look at Galatians 6, 7, and it says, Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I read one commentary thing on it where it said, Whatsoever a person sows, that and only that shall they reap. All right, so if you sow hay, I don't believe that you're going to reap pizza. I mean, let's think about it logically. The Bible is very clear. There's seed time and harvest sowing and reaping. In fact, it says as long as the earth remains, it'll be, you know, winter coming into spring, cold going into heat. And then it talks about seed time going to harvest. I believe that our words are like seed, that when we say them, now let me say this carefully so you get an understanding. When we say them, think about it this way. We don't just say them, we spray them. I was in a perfume counter one time, <clears throat> And this woman was really cute. She said, would you like to learn how to put on perfume properly? And I said, sure. Because I thought, you know, what did they used to tell you? Wherever the pulse points are, you know, you put them on your wrist, put them behind your neck, put them. I don't know. Because truthfully, I wear very little perfume because I've always had kind of an allergy to it. And so not that I'm allergic to everything, but, but there were certain things that I really loved in perfume, but I couldn't wear them. So I was like, okay, forget it. But she said, let me show you how to do it properly. And I said, okay, I thought she was going to get the bottle, you know, shake some on her hand and then dab it with her finger. She didn't do that. She took the perfume bottle and she sprayed it in the air. And I, my first thought, what a waste. And she said, no, no, watch. She sprayed it in the air and then she very delic delicately, like, like almost like little ballet steps, she walked under it and let the spray mist on her. She said, now you're walking in that aroma all day long, not just on a couple of little points where people might not necessarily be able to, to really get down under your wrist and smell it. She said, now from the top of your head all the way down, you're walking in it all day long. You are walking in the aroma. And instantly I thought of our words, the Bible says, are like a sweet smell in the nostrils of God. Oh my I began to think when I say my words and I spray my words, what aroma, what do I smell like in the nostrils of God? Are there, are they, uh, are they words that I shouldn't say as far as discouragement? Should I, should I not say words that will put others down or even put myself down? Should I be saying words like, I'll never do that. I can't, I won't, I've gone too far. It's been too late. My time has passed. I'm not good enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I used to read a book to my kids and one of the pages said to beady, to bumpy, to leafy, to lumpy. There's always going to be some kind of excuse that we could make, some kind of something, something. But if we use our words to formulate our day 
Imagine what you are walking in the atmosphere of all day long. What if you spray words in the morning, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. And then I spray that all over myself like you're spraying a lovely perfume in the nostrils of God. You have this aroma, this sweet smell, this fragrance of the word of God, and you walk out in it all day long and you wonder why people are attracted to you like they're attracted to a lovely perfume because you are walking in the essence of the word of God? Or what if you say, I'm a jerk. I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. How about saying, God sees me the way he created me. I'm created in the image of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a success. God wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. You know what I think about that? It's be not deceived God is not mocked whatsoever person sows that and only that shall he also reap. So if you're walking in the word of God, why should you be surprised when the word of God comes to pass? If you're walking in, in, in bitterness and negativity and, and sowing words of discord, would you be so surprised that discord starts happening? I really believe Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. You know, Satan to me can be the master of deception. There used to be a country song. I didn't know the devil had blue eyes and blue jeans. Satan can come in whatever form can take you out of the word and the will of God. But you know what? Just because he comes seeking whom he may devour doesn't mean you have to let him do that devour stuff. You can say in the name of Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan, you will not prevail. Think outside the box. You may be saying, well, today I got this, and today I had that, and today I got to do this, and I'm expecting this today. Okay, that's what's in your daily box. I have a day timer, <laughs> and my day timer has a day timer because my day timer has all my dates in it. Then my other day timer has notes in it. And in my day timer, I like things organized. And I like to look back at it and make reference to it because it's structured and it's disciplined. And I kind of like staying inside the lines, staying inside the box. But the truth of the matter is parts of the Bible formulated to make us think outside the box. Why would you give, if you have $100 and you give $10, the tithe to God, why would you think that your $90 left would do more than your $100? Why is 90 bigger than 100? It's not in the natural. But if we think outside the box, $90 that is blessed by God because you're a, th a tither and did what his word said, God said, when you bring tithe and offering, this is Old Testament, bring tithe and offering into the storehouse. He'd open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing where there's not room enough to receive it and rebuke the devourer for you and all nations shall call you blessed. When you look at give and it shall be given unto you, Luke 6, 38, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When you look at the opportunity to sow and reap, give and receive, maybe it would make you in a sense, think twice about your words. Why not give a compliment today? I could look at somebody and say, your hair really is terrible. And somebody could look at me and say, and so is yours. Or I could look at somebody. Did you ever remember the movie Pollyanna? I remember as a child, we used to play the Pollyanna game. And the Pollyanna game was to find something good in somebody. No matter what it was, find something good to say about somebody. I'll tell you what, if we spent 
the next 24 hours and determine that the only thing we say is like the Pollyanna game, something good, something positive, something uplifting, something full of joy, something, un- uh, uh, you know, unconditional, but, but something encouraging about somebody else. Could it possibly help and change their life? You know, when you smile, I believe people respond with a smile. Maybe not every time, but I'd rather be the one smiling and find out what happened. I'd rather say a compliment and put it out there. Maybe I might not get a compliment back, but I would rather put it out there and be the one that says something uplifting, encouraging, and full of joy. I want us to live according to the word of God. And when we do that, if we carefully calculated our 20,000 words women and 5,000 words men, would we change a lot of them? If God said, I'm going to hold you accountable for all 20,000 words or all 5,000 with men, how would you use your words? If your words were currency and it had a return on your investment, what would you say? And how would you say it? I believe one of the most outside of the box ways of thinking is Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever person sows that and only that shall they also reap. I believe if we sow kindness, that's what you can be looking for to reap. Maybe not from the same person, maybe not instantly, but I think God keeps score. I grew up with baseball, Detroit Tigers, since I was a tiny child. I knew how to keep a box score from the time I could hold a pencil and write. In my day, it was the day of the the World Series 1968. It was the day of knowing what happened in 1970s, the day of knowing players in 1980s, the, the way of knowing players in 1990s. This Christmas, I had a friend send me a Detroit Tiger baseball cap. I love keeping score with the Tigers and pretty much any other baseball team. I love baseball. But if God were to keep score with our words, At the end of the game, would we be in the win column or the lose column? Well, I don't believe God sees us as losers. But I believe that as we sow unto God, we can expect a harvest, a harvest of kindness, a a harvest of joy, a harvest of encouraging words of hope and life. And I want to encourage you today. Watch your words. Think about your words. And now here's an outside-of-the-box way to think. Sow your words as a seed. And be accountable to thinking how they'll come back to you on every wave. The Bible says when we sow to God, when we do certain things, it's very clear. They come back to us on every wave. If that were really to actually happen, would you calculate your words differently? Would you think outside the box with your words differently? Advertisers are so careful with their words. Newspapers are so careful with their little tiny phrases to grab your attention. The news has only a couple of words and they grab your attention. What about sowing your words as a seed and then expecting God to bless them back to you? I want to encourage you to think about that today and believe that God will multiply your words in a good way to bring back hope and life and encouragement to uplift you and really, really encourage you in his way today. I had an interesting question. You know, I get questions from lots of people on these programs and I get questions that lead me into the topic or during the topic. And this one today about thinking outside the box said, I all, I haven't always tried to do things right. And I'm embarrassed to say, I've sowed a lot of bad seeds. That's called human. 
I call that the human factor. Jesus was the only perfect person that walked the earth. They crucified him at 33. The rest of us have to live in human skin, and I call it the human factor. But he said this, I haven't always tried to do the right, to do things right. And I'm embarrassed to say I have a lot of bad seed in the ground. Is there anything I can do to keep bad seeds from reaping bad things? Or am I just... Or am I just doomed? I giggle at this because, you know, that's reality. Satan wants us to believe that every seed we plant is just doomed. You know, honestly, if you listen to enough news and listen to enough this and listen to enough that, my goodness, sometimes if we just sit and repeat the news, sometimes you could just feel doom. All right, no. What does the Bible say? I believe whatsoever man soweth that, and only that shall he also reap, can be helped by sowing what I call counter seeds, seeds for a non-harvest, seeds for a crop failure. Perhaps you can go to the same people. Maybe not. But you know what? Have you? <laughs> I laugh at this because I have taught my kids this song. And then once you teach it to them, it comes back and you wished, maybe I shouldn't have taught them that. Remember the old song called Michael Finnegan? Poor old Michael Finnegan. He had whiskers on his chin again. Poor old Michael Finnegan, begin again. Poor old Michael Finnegan. The next thing you know, it's begin again. Poor old Michael. And you want to say, okay, why did I ever start this? But the truth is, you can break that cycle and begin again. If Michael Finnegan with whiskers on his chin again could begin again, how much can we begin again? Because we're creations of God. We are created in God's image. He's the most high God. He's the possessor of the heavens and earth. He's the one that delivers us. Sometimes we have to be delivered from some of the things we did. Plant a seed. My father-in-law used to call it a seed of equivalent benefit. Okay, so you've done something in the past you wish you didn't do. Do something in the present and something for the future that you wished you did do. Can you always correct every mistake? Perfect. No, but like Michael Finnegan, begin again. Plant a seed towards your future. Do something nice for somebody else. Maybe you said something as a child that was ugly to a kid on the playground. Okay, find a child you can bless. Maybe you said something ugly to a neighbor. Find a neighbor you can bless and begin again. Do something to start over. My husband used to sing a song called, You Can Start Over, My Friend. You can start over. Why? Because look at the book of Genesis. You know, one of the subheadings of the book of Genesis is new beginnings. Come on, Michael Finnegan me. Poor old Michael Finnegan. If God can let that silly song go in your head, 30 years later, and Michael Finnegan is still begin again, all over again. Let God do a new thing. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? That means pay attention in my book. I will make a way in your wilderness. I'll make a river in your desert. Maybe someone else caused your wilderness or your desert. Maybe you caused it yourself. But he said, you can start over, Michael Finnegan. He said, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a th new thing. You know how I would say it today? God, I need a new thing. And I thank you for helping me. In Jesus' name, amen. Do I think it's that easy? You know I do. I think it's just that easy. Next question. I, I try to speak good things, but my friends tell me I'm just ignoring reality. You know, sometimes reality is just 
earth reality and it may not be God's reality. It may be the world's reality, but it may not be God's reality. Where is the difference between saying what you want to see and ignoring reality? Saying what you want to see and ignoring reality. Okay, so let's take the word reality. Let's take the Bible. In the Bible, there are two realms, the spiritual realm and the natural realm. To me, the way I read the Bible is the Bible in the spirit realm creates the new thing in the natural realm. See, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 is a spirit realm. It's a Bible realm. It's a Bible verse. That is God's realm. God said we worship him in spirit and truth. God created us in three ways. First, we're a spirit that worships God. And then we're a soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And then our body carries out some of the things our thoughts think. Okay. The biggest, highest mistake I think anybody can make is when we mix up those realms and we look at maybe the body first or the soul, our mind. What is my mind saying? What's my will saying? Well, sometimes my will says, I don't want to do that even if God says do it. What are my emotions saying? Sometimes my emotions can run away so fast I don't even want to chase them. But the truth of the matter is if you're spirit led, you live by the word of God. The word of God is literally the infallible word of God coming alive in us. So if we do spirit first, then the things of the world may be the things of the world, but what's the scripture? You're in the world, but you're not of it. You are of God, little children. Greater is he that's in you than he that's what? In the world. Yes, you are in the world. Yes, the way of the world is the way of the world. Because you're here on earth, you're in human flesh, and you're a person, you're in living flesh. But the Bible says God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways. I'd rather connect to higher thoughts and higher ways and not have to succumb to the ways of the world when they tell me one day to do this and another day to do something else. And by the third day, I don't even know what they're telling me. The Bible said that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the Lord, I change not. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. Here's my take on this. Do the one that works. And to me, the one that works is the word of God. Yes, they're realities of life. But the Bible says we call things that be not as though they already were. How do you do that? Isaiah, he said, for unto us a child is born. I think people were looking the next morning. No. Isaiah said that in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah. And then along comes Jesus years later years and years later. When you are what the Bible calls a self-fulfilling prophecy, the words of your mouth are to spray and formulate the day. But you can formulate them by the news. Well, that can change in an hour. Formulate them by the person next to you. They can change in an hour. Formulate them by your car. Your car could change tomorrow. I like to formulate my words with the word of God because that way I give God a chance to bring it to pass not some person that could change. Very simple to me. Reality is reality. Now I command reality to line up with the word of God. If there is such a big chasm, a big difference between my reality and the word of God, then I command my reality to line up with the word of God because the word of God is higher than anything else ever created in the universe. I'd rather pick the higher power and that's God.
That's how I would say this. I want to encourage you today that I'm praying for you. I pray for you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray for your thinking to be renewed by the word of God. And you know what it says? Renew your mind daily. I pray for you to listen to the word of God daily, to get up and say, God, tell me something daily. And I believe he will tell you something good every day. I pray for you to be encouraged. I pray for you to be uplifted. And I pray for you to have a life full of the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. I've got a brand new book out. You can go to Amazon, amazon amazon.com. Discover your true worth. Why? Because I believe we are so valuable. It's time we told the devil, you don't have an opinion in this. God says I'm worth something. And I pray that you connect with me. Come on online with me. And I really pray that you discover, I really pray you discover you're worth more than you think. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.